Welcome to the Quality Improvement Box Set by RCVS Knowledge, a series of webinars, podcasts and video interviews for practices and practitioners. Hi everyone, today I'm going to be talking to Ross Allen. Ross is Clinical Director of Roundhouse Referrals in Glasgow and I want to talk to Ross about the Canine Cruciate Registry. Hi Ross. Hi Pam. Uh, Ross, I've talked to Mark Morton about the registry and obviously he's really passionate about it and he's the one who's um, the clinical lead on it, but I thought I'd talk to you as a vet who's actually used the Cruciate Registry. Well, it's great to have the opportunity to speak to you about the registry. It's something I first heard about uh, potentially happening about three or maybe four years ago, and I was delighted to have the opportunity to take part in the advisory board in, in developing the, 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 the registry that we have today. And um, why do you think it's such a good idea to have a canine cruciate registry? I think it stands out to me as one of the most exciting things to be happening in the profession at the moment for a number of reasons. I think the first is that, you know, it's reckoned that probably about one in 200 dogs that we see in practice every day will suffer some degree of cruciate injury. Probably about two thirds of these dogs we will operate on to some degree or other. And probably about 20% of them will be referral surgeries. Many of them, in fact, probably the majority of dogs that suffer cruciate injury will be operated on in general practice. And yet there's massive gaps in the information and the knowledge that we have. There's lots of academic studies published. There's lots of published techniques, but there still is a big part to play in developing more information and more knowledge based um, you know, on exactly what we're seeing in practice. So that's the, the real excitement for me, playing a part in developing that information and that knowledge. And it's not just for uh, referral vets, is it, to, to provide this data? No, I, th I think that's a key point. I mean, a lot of the information that's been published up until now has been on, you know, well-run trials, studies, you know, there's academic papers, there's hundreds of them quite literally published about cruciate disease. But I think all of us that are in practice, we recognise that we see such a diverse group of patients. We see young patients, old patients, different breeds, different sizes. We see more and more with comorbidities and multiple medical as well as surgical uh, diseases. And we're, we're treating these patients. And in terms of like best signs, you know, randomized, controlled, double-blinded, placebo, all these kind of trials, in a, in a way they are the best, but in another way, in, in the real world, what we're really trying to filter out, and the whole purpose of the registry is to try to filter out almost like real world data and try to, and it is a challenge, and we're not, you know, this isn't going to happen overnight, that's an important element of the registry, but in time, the hope is, or my, my feeling is that we do stand to be able to actually learn from the real patients that we're seeing in practice and operating on ourselves, and that's where I think that it's, you know, a really exciting project to be involved with. And vets who submit data, can they access their own um, figures back as well as the overall figures? When you start taking part in the registry, uh, the key thing is to get your clients and your patients onto it. And once they're onto the registry and things are underway, you can definitely start to look at what data you're collecting or what patients you're collecting. As I said, it is early days, you know, so in terms of meaningful data for you, you know, you're not going to register one patient, one client and, and, and find it going to be life changing quite as quickly as that. But in time, you'll start to get a picture of the patients that you're picking up compared to um, the, you know, the larger population of patients that have been uh, entered into the registry. And in time, um, my hope is that we start to learn a bit more about our own our own patients' clinical outcomes and how they've done compared to the, the larger group that are on the registry. And does it take a lot of time to do this? How easy is it to use? Uh, for me, the key thing is to find a way that this fits into life in practice. Now, 
uh, it's important that all of us have different normal days, right? I'm not saying mine is like anyone else's, and I'm sure theirs isn't like mine. The way that I use this is that the key step for me is to get these individual clients and the, their pet onto the registry. So the way that I do it is that um, I'll send them either using a, we're using a video consulting app at the moment or potentially via email. I'll send them uh, the information about the registry, but then I'll ask for their permission, you know, in the, in the consult or via the video consult, I'll ask for their permission to enter them onto the registry. And then it's as simple as filling in four boxes. There is nobody couldn't do that in practice. And that does not take any time whatsoever to capture that client, to seize the moment when they're interested and engaged to get them onto the registry. Once they're on the registry, um, there's different, there's a kind of pathway that they follow. And a lot of work uh, when this was set up was to do with that pathway about what elements, what information uh, we wish to capture as they follow along. So the clients themselves have information to put in, but then also clinically, uh, the clinician or their colleague has information to put in as well to do with the type of lameness, um, what leg are they lame on, their weight and so on. And then in time, there's surgical information to put in about what technique you used, what implants, and, and there's detail there. There's more detail if you wish. This can be slimmed down as well. And also what you can do is set up templated uh, information. So it makes it quicker. It makes it easier for you to put in standardized techniques. So if you're using the one technique for the vast majority of your 25 kilogram dogs, then you can probably, you know, or you certainly can set it up to make it even easier for you to put that information in. So for me, time, whilst we're all short of it, is not a reason to not do the registry. I think this is time really, really well spent. It might take a little bit, but it's not going to hold you back at all. Excellent. And what about the clients? Is it difficult to get their, their permission? I mean, my, I had, my, my dog um, had a cruciate rupture before the registry um, about three years ago, um, and certainly I, I would have been keen to participate in it. But is it difficult to persuade people to do it? Not difficult at all. The exact opposite. Clients love it. They love the idea of it. And I'm, you know, I, I do like consults. I enjoy it. It's one of the things about practice that is definitely enjoyable is talking to the clients and making that connection. And when I say to the clients, I mean, my normal line is, is similar to this, you know, it's like we're, you know, we as a practice and me personally are taking part in this thing called a registry, which stands to develop and increase our knowledge and understanding about cruciate disease, the most common cause of lameness in dogs. And Benji here could play a part in us learning more about this and treating other dogs in the future that little bit better. Would you like to take part? Would you like Benji to be put onto the registry and then for us to follow him through? And you'll be sending some emails and you can opt out at any time. But what would be really good is to get your long-term feedback on how Benji recovers and what works for him and how it goes for you at home. And there is no client yet has said no to that. On the, it's the exact opposite. The clients like are delighted. They see it almost like as a badge of honour that they're getting the chance to take part. They're really, really excited about this. So and clients will not be fearful of it at all. And what I would also add maybe is that many clients, certainly if they've had surgery themselves, will be very familiar with this. You know, if you're going in for knee surgery or hip surgery nowadays, the chances are you'll be on probably one, if not two or three separate registries, because quite often there are multiple registries for any human surgery on an individual joint. So the you know, clients are definitely excited about this and enthusiastic about taking part. That's great to know that the clients um, like participating so much um, and they actually can find out quite a bit of information about um, cruciate repair on the site too, can't they? Yeah, so the, the way that I do it, when I register the clients onto the, uh, the registry, 
Um, and I put their details, they'll be sent information that will allow them to, to take part in the registry. When they get that information, they'll all also get um, links to be able to view the information on the various techniques and procedures that are there. This has all been written by um, you know, some of the key people in the industry and it's been peer reviewed before it's gone up there. And so there is information on different procedures, complication rates, the pros and cons that is available upon the registry for the clients as well. So another uh, benefit of taking part in the registry. And so the clients can access something that isn't like your individual thing so that they can feel that it's good impartial information for them. That that sounds great. And I think that's the great thing, isn't it? The long term outcomes, because in the past, I, I would have thought in your situation in referrals, you, you know your short term outcomes of your procedures, but you don't necessarily um, have the long term follow up, do you? Well, I think crucial disease is one of these things where people make a lot of bold statements, but how much do we really know? I mean, clients often ask me, you know, when will they be better? When will they recover? My normal line is sitting on the fence and saying, well, probably there's three times to when they recover. There's probably six weeks when, you know, for many procedures, we might hope the bone has healed or it should have healed. There's maybe 12 weeks because many of the, what I was taught at uni and in courses over the years, 12 weeks is a good time point. You know, that's a good one. But then there's also one year. Often clients, you know, say, what about long term? And I'll say, well, probably about a year they'll be doing a bit better than they were at 12 weeks or maybe at six weeks. So there's all these different time points to assess outcome, but in reality, we've still got a poor understanding, I think, and in terms of how, especially a diverse, you know, general pet population recover longer term, and especially those with multiple um, injuries, comorbidities or whatnot. So I think, you know, the long term aspect of the registry is a really uh, important element and will be something that should add to our knowledge going forwards. And it's assessed by the questionnaires that go to the clients, isn't it? The longer term outcomes, is it the load questionnaire, is it? Right. So there's mul multiple questionnaires are sent out at certain time points to the clients and that's sent out automatically. So there's no need for you in practice to do that. That's the good thing. You get the clients and their pets onto the registry. You do the surgery, you put in your clinical information about what you did. Then you will have the opportunity to put in follow-up information, you know, roughly around about six or eight weeks post-op about you know, the recovery as you view it, if there were any complications you're aware of. But there are also questionnaires going out to clients at certain time points to capture their feedback about their pet's recovery. Yeah, and that um, must be great to keep the clients engaged as well and to find out longer term of what's happening. And this fits in, doesn't it, with the requirement for practices to be auditing what they do? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, there's themes throughout my career, all right? I think evidence-based vet medicine, I think we all agree to that, right? We all think that's a good thing. But I think more and more as we go forward, I think clinical audit uh, has a key part to play. And I think benchmarking as well is something that is, is coming our way and we should engage with it and view it as an opportunity, not as a threat and not as something to be fearful of. I mean, for me personally, um, one of the reasons that I'm keen to be involved is to actually be able to better understand how my patients do. I mean, all of us in practice want to do our best for our clients and want to do our best for our patients. But at the moment, you know, we, we do a procedure, we do it well, they recover well, the owners say they're doing well, but actually how good is good? And do we actually know? And I think through using the registry and longer term, when we can get our own individual, i.e. personal feedback on our, our patient's individual recovery, and start to get an idea of how our, for example, TPLO recovers compared to the general population of TPLO or whatever technique you're using, you will have a better opportunity to understand how your patients recover. And I think that's a really interesting idea in terms of 
you know, down the line, and it will be quite a wee while, hopefully we'll be able to get an idea in terms of what some people might do a bit different or what the learning is that other, you know, what opportunities there are to, to enhance and develop our own individual personal techniques that we use when performing cruciate surgery on our patients. So, yeah, audit is a requirement of practice standards too now, um, you know, with my um, old practice standards hat on from my previous role. And I think it's so important for practices to, to be looking at uh, measuring what they do and things like the uh, cruciate registry and the uh, national audit of uh, neutering outcomes can really help give practices a, an easy way to get into clinical audit well absolutely i mean the the registry is great and that for practice if, if it were not doing any audit at the moment but it was doing cruciate surgery this is something that almost is an off-the-shelf audit system that the, the vet themselves individually and for the practice can put into place, you know. Get it set up and running. You just need to register online. It's easy to do that and then you can make use of it. And I think also for us as a team in practice, um, my colleagues and I, you know, we like doing this. We, we like knowing that these clients are on the system and we'll be able to keep an eye on them and see how they recover longer term. So it's exciting and a, a good thing to be part of. And I think um, benchmarking too, from the point of view of, of informed consent and clients, is you know really great when you can. Um, people ask, what what is the risk of this procedure? What are the what is the the chance of success? It's great if you can give them, um, you know, benchmark figures, and in the future you'll be able to give benchmark figures and your own figures. Yeah, because I think a lot of clients do naturally ask the question about. When you mention you know there's a good recovery, most patients do well, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Clients like numbers, and at the moment in practice to actually give percentages for the risk of infection or the risk of complications. We are giving, we tend to give numbers, but where do they come from? Yeah. Whereas I think through taking part in the registry or through performing our own clinical audit in practice, we're actually able to give them numbers that are actually representative of how our own individual patients recover. So I think uh, the registry is a great tool that we will be able to get our own individual numbers and, and percentages and measure our own individual clinical outcome, but also contribute to the greater good and in time be able to benchmark our individual recovery versus the greater population within the registry. Absolutely. And I don't know, are there any other surgeons in, in your practice performing cruciate surgery? Have you managed to get other members of the team on board with this? There are a couple of others that are in the process of registering and certainly going forwards, we're going to make it standard that we do offer it um, to each and every patient that is having any surgery. And I think it's important to mention here, isn't it, that this isn't just for advanced surgery. This isn't just for osteotomies. I mean, the, the whole point about the registry is that we want to capture every patient we possibly can that's having any sort of cruciate surgery. So extra capsular sutures, MMP, cranial closing wedges, TPLO, and everything or anything that anyone else might be doing. Let's get all that information. You know, let's, this should enable us to, you know, not rule in or out certain techniques, not prejudice our opinions based on our own personal experiences, but on real data that's come from real world clients having surgery done in practice. Yeah, and I think it's so great that this is for the whole profession and it's not just for one practice group or, or, or one large practice or whatever. It's everybody contributing to the same thing. I'm absolutely with you there. I mean, in terms of the profession, I mean, this is an interesting and exciting time in terms of where the profession is going. I mean, I think for us as a profession to be able to collectively work on something which will enhance and increase our understanding of the most common surgical procedure performed in practice and the most common cause of lameness, I think that's something that the profession can be extremely proud of. 
And I think also for us to collectively do this together, you know, in terms of working collectively, we're in a commercial world. That's where we, we work and that's where we operate, all right? And there are commercial challenges, we're all facing them. But to do this, you know, as a profession rather than um, individually, I think it's absolutely for the, the, the betterment of the profession and something that the profession should be really proud of going forwards. And um, so I know you're really, really busy, but how do you fit um, all this into your normal working day? Right. I think it's important when you start out the registry, one thing that will become apparent, but only to you, is how it's going to fit into your day exactly. OK, for me, as I've said, the key thing is to get the clients registered and get them on it. After that, there will be some people that will make use of the, you know, the um, cloud-based registry, it's on the cloud, you know, in terms of inputting the data or inputting the information as you see the client, quite literally in the minutes, you know. Personally, that's not what I'm able to do or I don't find that really works for me. So what I do is I will get the client registered and the pet registered and then at the end of the consult, I'll try, you know, generally to put the information in or what more often will happen is maybe at the end of the day or at the end of the week or sometimes at the end of every two weeks, I'll go back in and I'll put in all the information for the patients that I've seen in that previous time period. And I'll, I'll, but I'll make a point of capturing the information that I require on the PMS, um, you know, the management system as we've gone along. For me, that normally works easier, but uh, it's something that it, does, it can adapt and it can fit into how you want to use it. So some people will be on the day in the minutes, other people will maybe be collecting that information and put it in, in a winner at the end of the week or end of every couple of weeks. And I think can't you um, nominate someone else in your practice as a delegate to input the information for you if you're really busy in practice? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are probably some webinars that have even more insight into how best to use the registry. I'm just learning, but there is definitely a delegate options. So you can delegate a member of staff to put in some clinical information and, and some surgical information or indeed what I've heard some people doing is in theatre at the time of the surgery. That's the time to put in the surgical information, you know, have your iPad or whatever and put in the information then. So there are those ways of using it. Um, but you've got to try it out and with your team I and mean, often the team like taking part what's going to work for you and what's going to work for them. Yes I was wondering about that I'm sure it would be great to get the team on board with this because they would be really interested I would think in, in hearing um, you know, as it goes along how these results are comparing. Yeah I think the, the, the team I mean we've done our own little clinical audit exercise on uh, the, the Christian surgery we do in practice for the last few years the team are aware of this and they like taking part you know. Um, I, mean, I think the team do enjoy it. What I think we all need to understand is you're not going to get the instantaneous benefit from this. You know, you maybe get the benefit in terms of seeing the client's appreciation and excitement about taking part. But in terms of getting the numbers and getting the feedback and learning from it, that is going to take a bit of time. And it's only through us all contributing, taking part, registering the clients and making this part of our normal day to day way of working for the next probably 12 months to 12 years you know that's the that's what i'm thinking yeah yeah time we'll get this a, information back it's the long game isn't it but but the, but the but the what might come from it is so it would be so amazing if everybody can contribute yeah absolutely i mean i think if we can keep this going and you know over time add more and more clients and have it you know running consecutive years and longer term it will be really are potentially totally transformative in terms of our understanding, especially in long-term follow-up and especially for a wide range of procedures performed at a range of practices and by a range of people with all levels of experience and post-grad qualifications. You know, everybody that's performing any sort of cruciate surgery should undoubtedly take part. 
Well, that's brilliant. Uh, your enthusiasm for it, Ross, is, is really obvious. And um, yeah, so I've, what would be your um, call to action then for your colleagues? What would my call to action be? Sign up, right? Make that bold step. It will only take you 30 seconds, but register, you know, go to the Christian Registry webpage at RCVS Knowledge, sign up personally, and then encourage each and every one of your clients, talk to them, give them the opportunity to take part of the registry. I'm not kidding you when I'm saying that they will they will absolutely be thrilled to take part. They'll want to take part and it's going to be something that will add value. You know, also like in terms of the commercial world we operate on, it will add value to the surgery you're providing. Clients will understand that and like that and want to take part. So um, I would absolutely encourage everybody to take part. It's a great thing to do and a great project to be involved in for the long term and for the great good of the profession. Thank you. That was amazing. For further courses, examples and templates for quality improvement, please visit our quality improvement pages on our website at rcvsknowledge.org.